0: Um, all right. Let me uh, let me do this. We got to get to uh, we got the Republican National Committee, the Show Me Institute, the Freedom Center. Uh, so we're we're rolling here. Uh, let's bring in Patrick Tui from the Show Me Institute. Talk about uh, revamping sentencing laws. And uh, Patrick, welcome. How are you?
1: I'm doing well, thanks. You know, your are la- your comment reminds me I grew up in North Carolina and they said the same about Jesse Helms. Even the people who didn't like him knew that he was predictable uh, and, and they knew where he stood.
0: Yeah, and it goes a long way. So you may agree with somebody uh, eighty or ninety percent of the time. Disagree with them on a couple of things. You don't toss them under the bus. You go, okay, well, he's, you know, he's pretty close to what I want, and he's, and I know where he stands. Uh, all right. Uh, with that in mind, uh, let's find out where we stand with the sentencing laws. Seventeen-year-old uh, yeah. offenders being tried as adults—can that still happen?
1: Uh, it, right now, it does. In fact, uh, Missouri is one of just a small handful of states. That if you are arrested at age 17, uh, you you go into the adult system. It's automatic, and uh, that, that surprises a lot of people. If your 17 year old child is arrested by the police, the police do not have to notify you. The police don't have to to uh, to, to contact you for uh, you know permission. They they treat that child like a, like an adult. And uh, what happened is during the Bush administration, uh, George W the federal government looked into prisons around the country and found that juveniles were being treated uh, very poorly, uh, abused a lot of times in jails, and so required that state prisons make facilities for minors. Now, in Missouri, where we put minors in adult populations, that's a very expensive proposition. And so a lot of states, and hopefully Missouri will too, is say that unless there are particular circumstances about that 17-year-old, uh, we will default to putting him or her in the juvenile system. That will save us a Lot of money, and, and frankly, be less stressful on that juvenile. We don't want to take somebody at that age and and turn them into a lifetime criminal.
0: Um, with um, you know, now Brian, my producer Brian Hansen noticed that there's a quirk uh, in the law about seventeen year olds, and uh, it's kind of bizarre. And I don't know if this is addressing it or not, Brian. Can you explain that quirk about parental? I think that. Uh, Parental rights are somewhat uh, taken away when a child reaches the age of seventeen. You don't really have control over much anymore. Uh, I, but at the you, same, but at the same time, don't you also have? Uh, and I believe they're 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 cutting you loose on one end, and then yeah, you can't like kick them out of the house because they're a resident of your house. It's uh, it's very. You're kind of a darn if you do, darn if you don't type situation. So it's it's seventeen. They aren't really an adult where you're concerned, right? Through the law, but when it comes to criminal justice, it's a real but mess. But you're still responsible for their health care, and yeah, it's 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 you kind have of the a, responsibility,
1: but not the authority.
0: Sometimes, right? Yeah, right. that's kind of what I'm trying to say.
1: And uh, and it is it's it's unfortunate. You can imagine what happens to a 17 year old, and probably, frankly, uh, young adults older than 17 when they are introduced to an adult population. Uh, and, and we know from research that uh, children that are put in adult populations have very different futures than ones that are put in juvenile situations uh, juvenile uh, detention centers and so this is just an opportunity to say hey unless this person is involved in gang activity or unless their crimes or history of crimes are particularly odious we are going to default to uh, putting them in a the juvenile system until they're 18 it brings us in line with a lot of other states will uh... could potentially save taxpayers money and really will be I think a a better thing for those uh, juveniles themselves Now that has uh, passed out of the Senate I believe and the House passed it with a small amendment so now of course it has to go back to the Senate uh, to be passed before it gets to the governor's desk and uh, of course as your listeners know we are running out of time in the legislative session
0: yeah and the governor I think is uh, likely to be somewhat distracted even if it gets to his desk Um, (laughs) I I
1: think that is an understatement. The other opportunity in Missouri is is mandatory minimums. Uh, We've talked about this before and in short, uh, what mandatory minimums, what we did around the country in the 80s and 90s is uh, is require judges to give minimum sentences based on uh, crimes. What we've the result has been much more expensive criminal justice system, a lot more people in jail, a lot more nonviolent offenders in jail. And so, what mandatory minimums does is simply give judges greater discretion. If they find that a mandatory minimum sentence would be unjust or would be burdensome on society, uh, they can relax that and give the person a lesser sentence. And uh, not only is that good for that individual, certainly, but Missouri taxpayers are looking at spending close to five hundred million dollars to build two new prisons at the incarceration rate we're going at now.
0: You know there are so many uh, rules and laws. Um, it, it's it, we're constantly throwing people in jail, uh, and I've talked about this on the program in the past that we don't we're we're just totally out of touch with what we want from the criminal justice system.
1: Uh, you, you are exactly right. You know, the, uh, I'm going to forget his name, but the gentleman who's in charge of, uh, of uh, uh, public defenders in the state has said that we haven't decided or we haven't figured out the difference between treating somebody we're angry at and treating somebody we're scared of. Yes, and, uh, and that's a really big difference because you can imagine somebody you're frightened of, you want to lock up. But we get angry at an awful lot of people. In fact, when we were in Columbia a few months ago and had our criminal justice panel, Aaron Headland, who's an economist and was attached to the St. Louis Federal Reserve, I don't know if you've had him on as a guest, but he made that exact point and showed research that said that the number of federal crimes is skyrocketing. Just just a simple number of things that can get you locked up. And it's happening at the state level, too. And so it's not that we're a more violent society. It's that we've criminalized so many things that people are getting locked up today for things that they would never have been locked up for 20 years ago.
0: And they don't even know they're breaking the law in many cases. Uh, it's... You know,
1: that's the lesson for me for watching this whole federal uh, uh, special prosecutor. My goodness, if I had a a special counsel assigned to me. God only knows what laws I've broken that I was never aware
0: of. (laughs) Yeah, I just want you to know I gave Mueller your phone number and he's (laughs) heading to your place right now. Actually, he'll be there at 7 o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, Knocking on the door. Yes. uh, So what we've never been able to to decide is do we want to rehabilitate? Do we want to punish? Do we want to protect society? Uh, And I would argue that there should only be two cases here. There should be protect society from someone who is uh, proven to be a, uh, an unrehabilitatable threat uh, or rehabilitate. Um, those are the I things that we should be doing.
1: I think you're exactly right, and I think sometimes we allow the criminal justice system to become kind of a, a vengeance. And unfortunately, we're lo- again, we're locking up a lot of people. Uh, it's really, really expensive. And at some point, uh, we're going to let these people out, and I don't know that we have increased the likelihood that they're going to become better people. No. You know, we, what, what do you learn in jail than uh, how to become better criminals? And yeah. that's really worrisome for a society that values individual freedom.
0: Yeah, well, they, where they can compare notes. Um, all right, that's why that recidivism rate is so high. Patrick Tui, Show Me Institute, thank you for being with us. I am grateful. Take care. All right, take care.